Hey everyone, I'm Isa, and I'm joined by my co-host and dear friend Lisa. In this episode, we want to talk about entering our hag era. Um, this is a this is a topic that Lisa brought up. There was an article that I believe you shared with me that was titled "The Hour Between Babe and Hag," and you brought up this idea that there's this perception of women being old after the age of 30 and being perceived as hags. And I just thought that the concept of evolving into a hag was so comical. (laughs) It's so funny. So we want to talk about how we're approaching our 30s and exiting our babe era of the early 20s. As part of that, we're going to cover the rebrand and why there's so much pressure to figure out who you are before you turn 30. We're going to touch on the culture of ageism and the role that media plays in emphasizing it. And finally, we're going to talk about how we can reframe our fears and our anxieties around aging and reflect on why we're excited to be old. Yeah, the idea of like being a hag at 30 is such an exaggeration. (laughs) Yeah. But it does kind of feel like that sometimes, Mm -hmm. especially like when you think about how like Leonardo DiCaprio, his cutoff seems to be the age of 25. The middle of the babe era. Did you see actually, apparently he doesn't like that he's perceived as some kind of like cradle robber. Hmm, that is within your control, Leonardo. (laughs) We actually wanted to talk about the idea of a rebrand initially. That was going to be what today's episode was going to be about. But it got me thinking about how much the idea of committing to like an aspirational identity and personality would have appealed to me in my early 20s when I was like desperate to find myself and establish an identity or a sense of self. And I was like looking around to peers like Isa for ideas and trying to like imitate them and aspiring to be like them. But ultimately, I was trying to like live beyond my means and trying to achieve someone else's or like our culture's idea of what it means to have succeeded in life. And I think that's really what rubbed me the wrong way about the rebrand as it's positioned on social media. They're telling you to buy all these things to kind of buy a sense of self. And it made me think about like, is that actually who you want to be or who you think you should be? And to kind of like tie it back to like what this episode is actually about, I think your 20s are like really kind of about finding yourself, right? Like that's mm-hmm. what everyone thinks it is. And you're, we're all like running around trying to like, like check all these boxes, you know, before we turn 30 to like achieve as much as you can. I remember being a kid and planning like only my 20s because the idea of being like 30 and older was like such a foggy concept to me. I kind of just thought like, oh, you know, I'm going to date, I'm going to get married, I'm going to have kids. And then like, that's just going to be the rest of my life is like raising a family in like the suburbs or something (laughs) until my kids go to college. And then I have maybe like 20 good years of of like retirement and traveling and then I enter like a nursing home and then I die like that's really really what I thought my life was gonna be like and so I think that's really why why I thought being 30 was like that's when you become an adult like I mean I thought of your 20s as adulthood too but like 30s was like adult adult those were my my family aspirations which are now dead (laughs) but there was also kind of like the career aspirations that I had which were about like finding a well-paying job so I could support said family and like climbing the corporate ladder and like 
just, I don't know, shooting to the top somehow in 10 years. And like, just like hustling and grinding. It was like, there are a lot of things that like, I think really push you to like be successful. It's really stressful when you see so many articles and videos that are like, oh, this 25 year old makes 30K a month and they only work four hours a week. The older you get, the more you see younger people who are like more successful than you. And you're like, shit, I have done something wrong with my life. That's a really good point. And as we approach our 30s, for the first time in my life, at least, people who are younger than me, the baby cousins that I had in my life, they are now entering the workforce. They are now like contributing meaningfully to society and getting jobs and having like interesting ideas and getting famous, looking hot and like becoming adults themselves. But that mentality and that feeling of being threatened by younger generations, that can only exist when your self-worth is rooted in external success and how much you are rewarded for it. Because really, younger people have always had interesting ideas. And if you truly believe that anyone of any age can meaningfully contribute to society, regardless of these external markers of success, and that learning occurs at every stage in life, then there is no need to fear not being enough by a certain age. But I do understand the anxieties around that because for the longest time, my identity was of being a young person. I was always the youngest person on my team at work, and I felt like my youth protected me when I didn't know things I should have known. As we approach our 30s, that protection is going away. Yeah, it's like this arbitrary deadline that it feels like everyone has kind of set for themselves to get everything in order by the time you turn 30. Yeah. There's also the 30 under 30. Right, Forbes. Forbes. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, like you only have so much time to do something meaningful that will get you on that list. And then after that, you're on like, I don't know, what's the next thing? The 50 under 50? I don't know. (laughs) What's after that? So there's this podcast that I listened to called Goes Without Saying, and they actually did an episode on the concept of the rebrand, which is essentially just like a repackaging of like New Year's resolutions. So like last year, I think it was like the 2022 rebrand, like who are you going to be as a person this year? From their viewpoint, they weren't talking about the rebrand as like, oh, here's how to like reinvent yourself as a person. And like, here are all the things that you can buy, which I honestly like from the title of their episode, I thought that's what it was going to be about. But when I listened to it, they were approaching it from the viewpoint of not necessarily completely changing your identity to something else entirely, but from the viewpoint of how exciting it can be to not know who you are and to explore who you can be. And they acknowledge that you never really know who you are. And then like something that I've been thinking about lately is the idea that instead of trying to find yourself, you have to like create yourself and like the things that you do is what makes you who you are. So this rebrand could be a method to do that. And disclaimer, this is all a process and there's no urgency to find yourself or to create the life that you want to live. When I was like in my early 20s, like 22 through 25, like after college, starting my first job, I was like really stressed and like living with my parents and just kind of like feeling stuck in my life. And I didn't know what was going to happen. And I didn't 
didn't know how to get to a place where I wanted to be. But, you know, I think I needed those three years to kind of stew on it and figure it out. And then I was like, okay, it's time to take action. And now I have taken action and like steered my life in a direction that I'm a lot happier with. You're right. It is like always, it's a continuous process of growth, really. I guess that's what a rebrand is and kind of what we wanted to talk about in the original rebrand episode. But I love your point about how identity is formed by doing things. I feel like I'm definitely the kind of person who used to mood board a lot and I journal and I'm always reflecting on who I want to be. And to a certain extent, that is necessary work, like brain work that Mm -hmm. you just mentioned, even like taking time to reflect on like what is actually worth pursuing. But then at some point when you take action to create the life that you want to live, that's how your identity actually takes shape. And then you can kind of see like what actually makes you happy or what brings you fulfillment or what doesn't feel right. I think I've also tried to rebrand a lot through my early 20s and at first I had a negative impression of all those different phases I went through. Like I wanted to be like a fit girly who presented as like super feminine and this was done out of like maybe insecurity or fear and like wanting people to like me or sometimes I wanted to be like badass corporate bitch or whatever. Also I guess with other goals of you know wanting to like move out of my house and I wanted people to think I was like successful and I used to like really feel ashamed of all those phases I went through but really I think that's kind of what your early 20s are like experimenting with your identity and like pursuing different interests to form them and then ultimately you kind of plateau out into who you feel comfortable with being like in your later 20s and I guess that makes sense because like your early 20s you still have a lot of neuroplasticity and whatnot and you have the capacity to embody all these different things but yeah I love that point I feel like a lot of growth comes out of doing Yeah, I was thinking like trying to like think about the positives of a rebrand because again, I do approach these things from like a dystopian perspective. In my early 20s, I probably would have seen the appeal of a rebrand, but kind of on the flip side of like going back to like my dystopian perspective, that doesn't necessarily mean that like defining myself that early in my hopefully long life is a good idea either. When you rebrand, I don't know if the idea is like this is who you are forever on social media. But sometimes it feels like you're committing to something. I wonder if people will feel shame when they can't stick to whatever whatever they've decided to rebrand as. Because inevitably you're not going to be able to, I think. Because I don't think that like people are like one thing. The rebrand speaks to kind of this pressure to figure your shit out before you turn 30. But I think like a better answer to that is actually you don't. <laughs> and you won't. Even the podcast goes without saying talks about this, like how the first 30 years are only about the first third of your life and you still have so many years left that you're definitely going to grow and learn and change through. Like you don't need to figure it out at all. Like even if you supposedly figure it all out before 30, like things are going to happen in your 30s and your 40s and your 50s that you're going to have to like contend with and grow through and beyond, beyond your 50s too. (laughs) I read a book recently that I think is pretty relevant. It's called The Defining Decade by Meg Jay. 
The book is about how your 20s are your defining years, and I avoided it for the longest time because I thought that the book's point was that you need to break your back in your 20s, you have to do everything you can, because if you don't, then you're basically toast for life, like you wasted your opportunity to set a good foundation for yourself. But I realized that's not true. I picked it up and I actually really enjoyed it. And one of the points I really liked is that a lot of people have that misconception that your 20s are kind of like your fun life and then your real life starts at 30 and beyond when really you're always living your real life through your 20s and your 30s and your 40s and your 50s like you mentioned and there isn't anything that kind of magically changes about your life once you hit 30 and so you shouldn't really treat your 20s as like this time doesn't really matter at the same time you don't have to worry too much about making the most out of it because there are ways to still live a fulfilling life past 20 so I thought that was pretty interesting and it is true like there are important biological changes that happen like when you're older like you're not going to be able to skydive probably when you're 90 but it is interesting seeing how much pressure is put upon us by society and how much is by biology and I think it's more so the former than the latter. I have also been avoiding that book for a long time because I thought it was about like you have to hustle and grind in your 20s I was like fuck that but actually like maybe I'll try reading it too. (laughs) So next we want to talk about the role that media and culture plays in perpetuating ageism and just overall negative attitudes toward aging. So we understand that this topic is loaded. You can just go online and there are countless studies and YouTube essays on how powerful media is in shaping this culture of ageism since the beginning of time, pretty much. So we just want to focus on a couple things that we thought were particularly interesting. This is in no particular order, I always see on Instagram posts like of older celebrities who look a lot like their younger selves or at least are still very photogenic and look happy and they're captioned like, this is how you age when you're not problematic as if looking old is some kind of punishment. Like if you do a bad thing, Mm. you're met with this unfortunate consequence that is aging and like looking old yeah and that really made me think a lot about how I mean despite all like the body positivity content on Instagram we still I mean I initially like laughed at and agreed with these kinds of posts Mm -hmm. eventually I realized like oh actually this makes me feel bad about getting older which everyone is gonna go through and so equating it to some kind of like moral failure to look old is it's pretty concerning to me i agree because especially when you think about how these celebrities like have access to different procedures and treatments and things that can like keep them looking younger it's less so about their morals and more about their money Mm -hmm. and i think like another aspect of that is like i guess like the idea of graceful aging which is maybe something you're thinking about talking about later graceful aging is a term that is applied a lot to like women especially because i think like men they're allowed to look their age Mm -hmm. whereas like you know women in their 50s are expected to look like they do at their 20s or in their 30s and like they're not allowed to age as much Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of like pressure to like age gracefully yeah and i think people understand ageism is bad and it's toxic and that's where like the term graceful aging came from instead of like anti-aging i hear it a lot in the skincare community on youtube I think like that's their spin on having a more positive take on it, which I guess it is more positive. Like they understand that like they can't reverse aging, but it's still, 
it's still there, that message that looking old is not desirable. Graceful aging is still being in denial about aging. There's no real guarantee that you're going to age gracefully, quote unquote. It really depends on, you know, genetics and also kind of like your life experiences. Genetics is definitely a huge role in like looking young. And that kind of makes me think about how there is privilege in looking young in your older years. Like, yes, because privileged people can often afford like fillers and Botox or even like sunscreen. But thinking about the older people in my life and like who ends up like looking younger and who ends up looking older, I find that avoiding stress and like having a stressful life is also something that some people are privileged enough to avoid. I think about my mom and my mother-in-law who are basically the exact same age. They're both in their late 50s and my mother-in-law looks so much younger than my mom. And this is probably due to genetics, but also Also, she, I feel like, has had some privileges that my mom didn't. For example, my mom got into a really severe car accident in her 30s, and she's never been able to, like, heal her spine completely. So for her, exercise is extremely difficult. And on top of that, she had my brother, who has special needs, and raising him every single day was, like, a battle of anxiety and stress in of itself. And, of course, like, there's a lot of attitudinal things that she could work on as well. But overall, like... (laughs) the stress that her life has had on her physical appearance, her hair went entirely gray by the age of like 40. And no one in my family has experienced that. So we do suspect it is due to her lifestyle. Her skin also shows her aging. And on the other hand, my mother-in-law, she looks so young. She has been able to exercise like every single day of her life. She's super fit, glowing skin. I wouldn't necessarily say she had an easier time raising her kids versus like my mom, but I think she's always reflected on how she has had such an easy time and like a blessed time raising Andrew and Mm -hmm. Eric and them comparing their stories it it's kind of clear my mom I I don't want to say she struggled more but she handled the stress of raising children worse and so Mm. nowadays at every family function we get people who come up to them and say oh my god Andrew your mom looks so young she must really know the secret to living a great life and my mom always gets comments about how like oh you look so old and tired and it just it makes me feel really sad thinking about kind of how they're treated based on how they look that's nothing new yeah. in this world yeah that sucks that your your mom gets treated that way i've always thought she was beautiful oh, lisa thanks i was like really impressed when i saw her recently and her hair was all white and i was like damn <laughs> she looks so good <laughs> i love her white hair something similar with my mom i would say that she's had a pretty hard life you know immigrating here and like raising four children Mm -hmm. kind of living paycheck to paycheck i've seen how much like work she does like she she's always telling me to go to sleep early and like not burn the midnight oil but she very rarely ever goes to sleep before 12 Mm a.m like sometimes i'll like wake up it's like 1 or 2 a.m and she's still up prepping food for the next day or something your mom god damn it's like mommy you go to sleep I know, and I've been telling her recently, I'm like, you should go to sleep early. She shows her age, and she's gotten comments, like, where people think that she's, like, my grandma, or, like, especially with my baby brother, who's 10 years younger than me, like, they think she's his grandma. It, obviously, like, it hurts, I think, to Mm. be perceived as older than you are, just because we're taught to think that that's bad. Yeah. I hate that so much. Yeah. 
Okay, but just as like a, a side note, we all should be using sunscreen. I've personally been really bad about it. <laughs> Only in this last year have I like really made an effort into applying sunscreen semi-regularly. <laughs> and I was like inspecting like my collarbone area recently and I was like, holy shit, <laughs> why are there so many like freckles and moles around here? Because <laughs> like, I like basically only apply sunscreen to my face and then whatever's left I could like bring down my neck and like I stop just short of my collarbone and it shows. I was like, holy crap, it really does work. <laughs> the sun is bad. The sun is bad, yeah. A couple of my friends had had cancerous growths removed. But on that note, it is a blessing to be old. Yeah. We should be excited to age. Every day is a blessing. Every day that you wake up (laughs) is a blessing. As much as it may not feel like it (laughs) as a non-morning person. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, something that I've always noticed is like a lot of my friends, even as maybe even even as kids, we were like, oh, I don't want to like get older. And then in college, a lot of my friends were like, oh, we're so old now. And I was like, we're not even like... We're not even 20 yet. We're not even 25 yet. Like, why are why are you guys complaining about being old? You know, like, I just today, one of my, like, friends slash coworkers was complaining about her back. And I was like, a lot of my friends complain about their backs in conjunction with complaining about being old. Like, I think that might just be your 20s. <laughs> I think we all just have bad backs. <laughs> Maybe it's because we're sitting all the time. Whenever I hear that comment, I'm just like, we're not old. You know, when I when I turned 26, that's kind of when I was like, I finally started to feel old or like I started to feel like, oh, I'm I'm beginning this slow march towards death. <laughs> I was like, oh, crap, I'm like a year closer to turning 30 now. Like, that's so weird. Like, it feels like such a pivotal moment. It's like one of those milestones, like turning 21 or 25, 30 is like that next big step. And I was like, I don't know if I want this. <laughs> especially because I still feel like I'm 24 because like when the pandemic started I think that's how old I was 23 or 24 something like that and then you know you just lose like two years it's like what the hell (laughs) give me those two years back (laughs) this isn't fair (laughs) what do you mean I've aged (laughs) now I've like the other day I was like how old am I turning this year (laughs) I like completely forgot how old I was and it made me think about how I used to make fun of my mom for like not remembering how old she was I was like how can you not forget how old you are like how can you not be excited about your birthday you know and gaining another year and now I'm like wow it really is just a number (laughs) excited to get older I think I've always been like really excited about being behind the times and like not understanding what the trends are and I mean when I wanted kids I was like really excited to one day be like embarrassing to my children about like trying to be a cool mom but actually being a really embarrassing mom and I'd be like hey kids what's the haps or whatever like what do the youths say now and they'd be like shut up mom I don't know. I mean, I don't want to make it seem like, oh, every year is going to be super great from now on because obviously terrible things will probably happen. (laughs) But I want to be able to roll with the punches. I want to just like appreciate all the little moments. Like I'm, you you guys may have gathered this, but I'm so tired of the hustle. (laughs) I just want to go outside and like watch the sky and watch the clouds roll by like that is my idea of a good time now (laughs) 
Yeah. Eat good food. Spend time with friends. I love that. It's like not fearing the future, but looking forward to it. I agree. I have that same experience. Why all my friends are so afraid of being old. And I'm just like, really? Why? Like, this is literally the youngest we'll be for the rest of our life. Like, enjoy it. (laughs) It's only going to go up from here. So just enjoy your youth while you have it. But I realized, like, I actually feel like there's so much more life. I'm excited to live similar to you. Mm -hmm. And maybe people also feel that way, but their fears kind of outweigh them. Tying back to what I was talking about earlier about people feeling their age for the first time. I think now that we're in our late 20s, I'm closer to coworkers who are in their like mid to late 30s and at least in the San mm-hmm. Francisco Bay Area. Like most of my coworkers are still unmarried, still like vibing in their apartments that they're renting, they don't have kids and they're living like wonderful full lives and they feel like they have so much to look forward to and having those peers in my life it has really mm-hmm. reduced my fear because I realized that my fear of being in my 30s or my 40s or my 50s was mostly the fear of the unknown of like not really knowing what it could look like I only had my parents to look to and I sure as heck didn't want the life they were living and I see just like how much more potential there is as you age to just become more self-assured and I think Mm -hmm. it's only getting better from here throughout my 20s I became more self-assured and more confident in my identity and more comfortable with my identity changing and not feeling like I have Mm -hmm. to stick to any particular thing and that feels really good yeah yeah Honestly, yeah, like having coworkers who are like older than you is so helpful yeah. <laughs> to just like see what their life paths have been like. At my last job, a lot of my coworkers were in their 30s and they were having the time of their lives. I was like, damn, <laughs> I'm, I want to be in my 30s. <laughs> what I hear is that your 40s are even better. I mean, I feel like it just gets better and better. Like, honestly, I feel like at a certain age, you kind of just stop giving a fuck. <laughs> Once you like become like old, <laughs> you're like, I don't give a shit about any of you bitches. Yeah. As I approach my 30s, they feel more real Mm -hmm. and less like a black hole, like you said. (laughs) I can see that I still have time to do anything that I want. And that was like another thing that I was thinking about while you were talking. (laughs) Maybe part of the fear of turning 30 is like, we have all this time ahead of us that we can do anything, but we're also worried about all the years that have passed us that maybe we haven't been able to do the things that we wanted to but there's just like so much opportunity in the years ahead yeah that i'm excited about you know i can date maybe i don't know i can travel i can grow professionally i can make new friends try new hobbies i can like stay inside and like be a potato and do nothing and like rot my brain with youtube videos because i have time to do that (laughs) It's gonna be fine. We're gonna grow old. It's gonna happen whether we fight it or not. (laughs) So don't fight it. (laughs) Just enjoy it. I really liked what you said about how fear stems from a regret of not doing enough in your earlier years. When I reflect Mm. on like my friends who often lament getting older, they're like, where did my childhood go? I hear regret of not doing enough or like savoring it enough. And I think once you're able to move forward and just be like, yeah, I'm excited to continue living, your age doesn't really feel like that meaningful anymore. It's like you're just at a point in time and you're flowing through life. Yeah. 
I liked your notes about yeah. the old ladies. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've seen like a few videos of like just old ladies who are just being fabulous. Like they're wearing like clothes that I want to wear now. <laughs> I'm like, damn, I want to be them. But some of them are just like boss ass bitches. There's like a YouTube channel that I came across where it was just like this sweet grandma and grandpa and they were like throwing tea parties for their grandchildren they were like going through like oh this is how we're setting it up these are the things we're making i was like this is so cute i want to be them there's always going to be things to do at any age yes Thanks for listening to Internet Aesthetic. The music for this podcast is Rose Ornamental by Blue Dot Sessions. If you enjoyed listening, you can find us on Instagram at net.aesthetic or leave us a message on our website at internetaestheticpod.com if it is up by the time this episode publishes. (laughs) See ya in the next episode. Bye, Lisa.